I'm the only person here who gets this. <laughs> That's great. Find the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Fortress, and we are back yet again. That's making four weeks in a row. I myself can't even believe this. And I'm joined, as always, by Matt Smith. I'm here once he, more. <laughs> the two of us, four times in a row. Hey, this might just become a habit. You never know. I've already got it locked into my Monday schedule to record this. Thing, well, that's so. good. That's good. I've I got it in. I got it into mine as well. And if it gives me, you know, a chance to, you know, an excuse to skip the gym for whatever reason, I'll do that once a week. You know, because <laughs> well, I, I, I find other excuses. Do that stuff in the morning. Though. I could. I find other excuses. <laughs> well, dude, I got to get up so early in the morning. It's ridiculous. So it's just like, hey, would you like to get up another hour earlier than you already do? Oh no, I don't want to get up at the hour I've got to get up at. I'm like one of those like I'm a I'm a hibernating bear, man. It's just like I could take a nap any time during the day, and uh, you know when I'm out, I'm gone. Just forget about it. It's it's over, and uh, you know so sleeping is just like that for me. So I can't I can't do it. Uh, this has been Sleep Podcast with Adam and Matt. <laughs> Got nothing to talk about. Uh, so we're gonna be reviewing two movies uh, this week. Uh, yeah. In depth, and I gotta say, I don't think there's a single podcast out there. And and if you if you know of one, please email us at uh, thefilmfind at gmail dot com. I don't think there's any movie podcast out there who's going to be reviewing, uh, you know, two movies that are quite so different from each other than our two lineups today. Uh, so first up, we're going to be, uh, of course, doing the, uh, you know, the always uh, what you've been watching uh, segment. Then we're going to jump into our uh, first review. It's going to be the lovely children's film Penguins of Madagascar. Yeah. Um, you know, a entertaining uh, kind of, uh, what would you say, uh, sister movie to the Peng- uh, to the Madagascar films? One off. Kind of it's kind of a direct sequel, right? Uh, I'm going to be. It, do- it does start at the circus that the third movie ended on. Well, you're going to uh, have to coach a- me through that because this is my first of any of those movies. Oh well, well then. You will be I've able. Seen all of them. Let so. me tell you, there's going to be some history dropped on you, kid. So uh, sit no, back and. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, so we're going to be talking about that, and then we're going to change d- gears dramatically, and uh, we're going to be reviewing the uh, the new movie, uh, The Theory of Everything, uh, the kind of biopic of uh, of Stephen Hawking's. That's not the Stephen Hawking. That's not exactly about Stephen Hawking. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover that, and uh, I, I don't know of anything else that's going to be this different. If you can find if you can find a podcast out there that has things that are two things that are as different as these two. Go, re- go go listen to it, but listen to this one too. <laughs> I'm not going to try yeah, to I mean, shoot you have, away I have from no here. No doubt that there's someone out there who's reviewing both of these movies. Uh, however, right, um, they're not going to give it in-depth attention. Not this like treatment. We- they just go, "Oh, I saw the movie. It was good. Or I saw it was bad. Uh, this and that." We're yeah. going to be delving in deep to both of these. 
movies in a as weird way. As deep as possible. As deep as possible as you can in an hour. Um, and you might be movies. surprised at uh, which one I have more to say about. Interesting. Now, I'm interested in that. So uh, let's get it into uh, real quick here, Matt. Have you been watching anything or anything uh, that we may have you may have seen over the uh, last couple that you want yeah, to kind of highlight? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been um, kind of a writing machine uh, this past week, so I haven't done a whole lot of uh, watching my biggest uh time wasters uh in that regard have been watching uh eastbound and down again and um playing the evil within uh which is terrifying uh, eastbound and down to, or to the evil within uh they're both really dark <laughs> in a and, different way for sure <laughs> in different ways um but i did see actually a movie um from 1932 on tcm the other night called uh arsene lupin with um the Barrymore brothers um and uh Lionel and and John and uh it's about a a thief in Paris and no no one has a french accent or very few of them even have british accents <laughs> but but they're uh they're in Paris there's a thief um who is uh stealing a bunch of stuff from rich people and a detective with the police who's hot on his trail um but the thief keeps getting won over on the detective it was a lot of fun actually it's uh it's kind of a comedy um as well i mean in that uh classical hollywood stage like banter like clever high high society banter comedy mm -hmm. uh, a little bit um and so that's that's basically what i've watched outside of the two films we're reviewing okay. this week uh and it was it was good Nice, very nice. I, I also, while I was looking it up online, found out that there was a, a another version of this movie um, made in the early 2000s with uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, and now I really want to see that one, and I haven't thought to actually track it down yet, so maybe next week that can be the one movie I watch and talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> Well, if you weren't so busy doing, doing productive things, and you could just sit on your ass a little bit more and well, do nothing like me productive i guess <laughs> <laughs> to whatever degree you can i mean yeah we get it where you can get it right yeah of course anyway what what have you been watching let's see um i neglected to talk about i i uh, i finally got around to watching attack of the 50 foot woman uh you know it's one of those things that you know everyone's seen the poster for this movie and you've probably seen like you know a, a cut of it, a little bit of it here or there uh clip or so you know on uh you know some movie some little something some sort of documentary or something talking about you know these kinds of movies and uh it, it's a fun little thing but it is one of those movies that is the poster is better than the movie for sure um but uh it, it's fun it's a it's a fun little uh you know kind of uh it's it's what it is it's attack of the 50 foot woman I, I don't need to go into the plot it's just you know it's that kind of uh look at how big this lady got Look at her do all the things, and uh, you know she got fifty feet. She got fifty feet. It's thankfully it's short, so you don't have to you don't have to sit for too long. But um, yeah, you know it is what it is. Uh, so the uh, the other one that I did see, uh, I did get a chance to see Horrible Bosses two, um, the sequel to Horrible Bosses. If you didn't put that math together, uh, and if you didn't put that math together, you need to. I hope you're not driving a motor vehicle. Um, 
but uh, I gotta say it was decent. It was not fantastic. I mean, Horrible Bosses, the original was 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 a pretty decent film. It wasn't uh, again that wasn't one of those things that was like amazing. And I don't know that it was necessarily crying out for a sequel. Uh, but your three leads, um, you know, Charlie Day um, and my uh, wife, Jason Bateman and um, Jason Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. I couldn't. I was like, I don't want to screw up his last name. Yeah. Uh, th- those three guys are great in everything that they're in, and so the rapport between the three of them is what makes this movie. And the nice cameo by uh, Jamie Fox again is really mm-hmm. fun. Christoph Waltz plays the kind of bad guy who's out to get everybody, and um, uh, his son is played by Chris uh, Pine, Captain Kirk there. And, uh, you know, they they have a whole, uh, you know, it, it's a plot. The whole, th- the whole movie's pretty much in the trailer as far as to, like, you know, what everything kind of goes down. And, it's, and there's jokes. There's jokes in between the plot that you saw in the trailer. And is it worth... Going to the movies for not really, but uh, when it comes out on Netflix and uh, you know it's a rainy Saturday or something, you're gonna sit down, you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna be like, yeah, I didn't waste that. You know, that hour and a half wasn't wasted out of my life, so not too yeah. bad. Uh, and the only other thing that um, TCM actually was showing uh, the freshman, so I uh, uh, caught caught that. Hell yeah, the movie's awesome. That was some that was some good stuff. So uh, you know. Uh, that that's about it. So uh, let's uh, let's jump into our uh, first review of this week. Here is the uh, trailer for uh, I can't believe this we're doing this movie at the same time. Penguins of Madagascar. Uh, once the thing decides to load, there it is. When the world needs saving, it will take the most elite team on earth: Skipper, Kowalski. Rico and Private. We're the elitist of the elite. Appa! Boo, hey now. From the creators of Madagascar. Okay, boys, this is it. The mission we've been preparing for our entire lives. Remain calm, penguins. You are now under the protection of the North Wind. Private, dibble me. I'm an outlaw. We're not going anywhere with you. We don't even know who the heck you are. The North Wind is an elite undercover interspecies. An elite undercover interspecies task force. Force. Dedicated to help. Help. Dedicated to. Dedicated to helping animals who can't help themselves. We've got to be five miles up. That pretty much limits our options. I make my own options. Brilliant move, Skipper. But now we seem to be outside the play. I've kind of got caught up in the moment. Well, hindsight's 2020. Oh, why don't we catch that plane? Ah! Bird strike. Log it. Greenworks, ah! Penguins of Madagascar. Talking. Let's get to work. That was from the trailer for Penguins of Madagascar, our first new release review of this week. Uh, it is uh, directed uh, by uh, Eric Darnell, uh, Simon J. Smith, written by uh, John uh, Abound, and a whole bunch of you know cartoons are written by a whole slew of people. They're yes. never they're never just one cat. <laughs> it's always just like story by this person, script by this person, this person, and that person, and the story that the story was based upon was pr- from this person. So, 
starring, of course, uh, t- uh, Tom McGrath, uh, Chris Miller, Christopher Knight, uh, Conrad Vernon, of course, John Malkovich, and Benedict Cumberbatch, Ken, uh, Ken Jeong, uh, Andy Richter, no less, and, uh, and a great uh, cameo that we'll talk about in, in a moment <laughs> that I didn't realize but is hilarious. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, so, Penguins of Madagascar. Here's the uh, IMDb plot line: Skipper Kowalski, Rico, and Private join forces with undercover organization, the North Wind, to stop the villainous Doctor Octavius Brine from destroying the world as we know it. Um, he gets very close. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is from as we know it. I, that's what I kind of like. That's not too bad, IMDb, because <laughs> it's really not. It's not like. It would change the world as we know it, the, his, yeah. his plot. So he, he is that, is, very, that is true. It's limited, mind you. Very limited, narrow plot. But yet yet would. <laughs> yes. So, Matt, um, what is, what's your background with any of the Madagascar movies? Because <laughs> I have seen none of them. Well, I've seen all of the uh, the three feature films. Uh, I also know, and I haven't seen much of it, although uh, it is a big thing and it's won a lot of Emmys. Uh, there was a... A spinoff TV show uh, based on the Penguins of Madagascar as well. Um, And I haven't seen very much of that, so I don't know. Uh, The Penguins in these films are always uh, uh, like side characters, right? Comic relief, uh, which is weird in a comedy, right? Uh, But they're like (laughs) these goofy side characters who um, have very distinct personalities. They're always plotting some uh, military-type mission that they have to... uh, they have to pull off for some some uh, some reason, right? That's that's their role in the Madagascar films, right? And here it kind of takes that to its um, to its uh, logical uh, conclusion, right? We must that, put them in an action movie. Yeah, that this is going to be a, a super spy action thriller, um, and it's going to be about these. Uh, these penguins who are very proactive and uh, have various strategies at, <laughs> at, uh, at hand for saving the world um, and how that uh, lines up with kind of this actual spy agency that they uh, kind of insinuate themselves into uh, the North wind. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of what the penguins are at least. I mean, that's, that's uh all you really need to know. Uh, that's actually more than you need to know to watch these movies. I mean, you watched it. What, how, having no history with these characters at all, uh, how how did this come off to you? That's what's kind of interesting because, like, I had maybe seen, like, the most I had seen, like, these characters before had been in passing, maybe in a trailer or a TV spot or something. But in this movie was not on my radar at all. And uh, until I, you know, I just kind of kept going to movies and stuff and seeing trailers. And this trailer came out, uh, the trailer that we, we played here. And, and I just, I laughed a lot during it. I'm like, I need to go see this movie because it's a lot of like really kind of humor that's at my level. Him just like eating cheese puffs, interrupting him and him trying to come back and restate what he's saying and being interrupted. A lot of just the physical humor and stuff mm-hmm. is something that I really enjoy watching. I like a lot of, you know, uh, th- them, you know, getting things wrong and the, the error and calamity of it all and, uh, you know, succeeding despite themselves and, and stuff like that. Uh, I, I dig that kind of idea. And so that's why I was just like, ah, I think I need to see this. And I got to say, 
not really knowing these characters or any uh, history of them or anything, I, I enjoyed this movie a whole lot. I, again, it's um, we'll talk about it a little bit, but I think the third act falls apart just a little bit. But um, I think it makes up for it with a very strong first two acts for the most part. And mm-hmm. that seems really weird to say that the third act, you know, I don't want to say it destroys it by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the weakest of the three acts. But um, when you sit back and look at it, it's like this is a this is a movie that's made for like you know five to eight year olds. So you, yeah. you can't complain too much about it. And as you know, I'm not a parent, but if I was to bring you know if, if I brought my kid to this, I wouldn't be mad to bring them to it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I wouldn't be like, oh, geez, I just wasted an hour and a half watching this mindless, stupid kid stuff that just bored me to tears and. I wouldn't have felt that. I would have felt like I got enough laughs out of this to to justify me kind of being there and not feel like, you know, my life was wasted away by my child. Who I love you, child, but you have wasted my time and energy. So that that wouldn't I wouldn't have felt like that. So that's, I think that's, that's a good how, thing. Uh, that's kind of how all of the Madagascar films are, right? They're enjoyable enough that uh, and and honestly, DreamWorks has gotten quite good at doing this. Um, where they make films which are entertaining enough for parents that are not grating in any way like um, like the Shrek movies are, right? The Shrek movies are like this mile a minute pop culture reference thing that really made DreamWorks uh, a powerhouse in animation. But it was really after that uh, with, with the Madagascar films, with the Kung Fu Panda films, yeah. that DreamWorks really started to be able to compete uh, competently uh, with um, Pixar, right? It wasn't um, just like a kind of like, look at all the things that we've kind of peppered in here. And it was more like, look at us, you know, standing on these solid stories. Cause like the Kung Fu Panda yeah. movies, I absolutely adore those flicks. Yeah. They're great little movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I really enjoyed those movies and um, I, you know, I, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the Madagascar. So I, I'll, t- I'll take your word on those. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, I think I, I saw Madagascar, uh, the first three of them while I was working for the movie theater, right? So uh, the first one I actually went and saw with my mom when she came to visit me once uh, with one of my sisters. And uh, so uh, it was kind of an excuse to go and see it. I, I watch animation anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the time, actually. Uh, but uh I probably would have not even gone to see it in the theater if I if I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but they're they're enjoyable little flicks, and and I think that Penguins of Madagascar adds to that. Right? Uh, there's there's a joke structure in this movie that that I found really amusing, where um, uh, they at the end or throughout the film, but mostly at the end, there's uh, all of these octopus names yes. that the that the bad guy is telling them to go and do tasks, and they reference uh, other actual names, right? And uh, I just thought that joke was really clever. Yeah, you you don't see you don't see things like that, and I thought that, that was that was a lot of fun to me. It's like, and, and it first kind of starts out, you know, really kind of mild, where it's like, you know, where there's you know. There's I forget exactly what they were. There was like one to a, like Elijah Wood, and then there was Nicholas mm-hmm. caged them. You know, yes, 
uh, just gets kind of light stuff like that. And then really towards mm-hmm. the end, it really got ramped up and there was like, a, uh, you know, just a yeah, bunch of them going back and forth. going out to different uh, octopi and, <laughs> and they all have names where the next thing, right? The Elijah, would you go and do this, right? Um, kind of joke structure was set up. Uh, very well, I thought. And and there's there's something about that that, uh, like, even though it's referencing pop culture, even though it's um, it's kind of doing this adult wordplay thing, like, kids are absolutely, right? Kids don't have any cognizance of who these people are. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not grading, like I said, with, like, the Shrek movies just get on my nerves with that mess. Hmm. Right. Because uh, because I don't feel like in those films that they invest enough in the joke structure for them to work properly. And here there are a lot of very clever jokes, including uh, the big cameo uh, at, right at the very beginning yes. that, that you were mentioning, uh, where, you know, it starts out uh, kind of as a documentary style. Yeah, very March of the Penguins. So you literally see yes. the March of the Penguins going up to uh, to to their destination and everything. Mm-hmm. And 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 I like how this uh, really it's it's the 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 origin story of the penguins, if you will. So you mm-hmm. have these 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 three penguins, and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're little they're little penguins. They're not uh, they're not babies, but they're not you know adults either. And they're kind of walking around in line, and you know, one decides to step out of line. And just go, hey, what the heck are we doing here? Why are we all in order? And I love, and so the penguins are like, hey. Hey, you know, we're penguins. This is just kind of what we do. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're so they're happy and carefree and not really, you mm-hmm. know, they just do what they have to do because that's the order of things. And and yeah. uh, this one penguin kind of decides to step out of line and really question that and say, hey, well, the heck with this. I, I, I choose adventure. I choose, you know, excitement within my life. And they see an egg that's uh, rolling down and, uh, you know, it's it's popped out or something and someone is, is missing this egg and it goes rolling away. And instead of going, hey, who's going to go get that? Everybody just goes, eh, you know, we lose some eggs and things happen. You know, we just keep on going. It's all good. And he yeah. goes, no, I'm I'm rejecting this. I reject nature. I reject to do all this stuff, and I'm going after this thing. And so him and his uh, and his uh, fellow compatriots go off and uh, try to uh, catch this uh, this egg. And it yes. it's travels all the way down this thing. And it's uh, I, I got to say, that's one of the things I really love about this movie is that the animation style and the blocking and everything is done mm-hmm. fantastically well. I mean, this is this, this goes up with uh, and there's and we'll talk about it in a minute the uh, the scene in Venice and whatnot. I mean, th- this it, yes. It, it rivals a lot of the action movies that we see out there and, and in some cases done better than many of them too. <laughs> well, t- certainly there are sequences that are more believable. Well, no, I'm uh, not going to say believable per se. I, I just meant from like, from a storytelling standpoint no, to I, where you, you see everything, what's going on, you know, everything that's going on in the placement and everything is right mm-hmm. there. And one thing very logically leads to the next and, and they do it in a very intelligent way. Uh, but the, yes. the cameo that we're talking about is so, we kind of uh, we kind of pan out, and uh, it turns out that there's a documentary crew actually, uh, you know, you know, filming these penguins, and they're like, "Hey, see, why do you th- we're so docile as penguins? Why do you think there's documentary crews always filming us?" And you pull out, and there's a crew that's actually filming them. When they get to the edge, there, <laughs> I love the thing where they're just like, "And here, the penguins are almost near the death." And of uh, tell us who the tell us who the, uh, the, the well the cameo for for anyone <laughs> who uh, would care at all about uh, this it, you should it's, it's Werner Herzog right <laughs> is is the documentary filmmaker and and specifically he's aping on his own 
documentary about Antarctica. <laughs> uh, at the very beginning, right, there's this uh, voiceover as um, as the camera kind of goes over the uh, the Arctic landscape, and um, he discusses how beautiful the land is and how forbidding and uh, not very hospitable, and yet there's still life down there, right? Uh, it's it's a very Herzogian moment hmm. um, that is made better because at first I couldn't tell if it was actually him or if it was somebody doing the voice, like the right. the guy who does the YouTube videos where, like, Werner Herzog reads Where's Waldo or something, right? <laughs> um, but to find out that it actually was him is, uh, is kind of awesome because, yes. it, like, he is aware of his own persona, right? Uh, and so, and so anyway, it's a, it's a fun cameo, um, that definitely kids aren't going to get that. I think even few, fewer, even adults get, I mean, it oh, yeah, is agreed. <laughs> that's what's so great is just like being that nerd in the audience that you're just like, I'm the only person here who gets this. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, and, and you can get it because I, I don't have a screaming fucking kid <laughs> sitting next to me going like, I have to be like, shut up. Shut you, up. You, you had Shut some up. fun children? <laughs> <You're screaming. laughs> no, there, there, no, actually, the mother that was telling her kid to be quiet was being louder than the kid. Oh, that's always so, fun. <laughs> it's like... Actually, if your kid were wailing, I would mind that less uh, than you telling them to shut up because you're being really loud. <laughs> I had something even worse. My screen wasn't matted properly. Oh, no. Two thirty, two thirty-five screen, one eighty-five uh, showing. I even came out during the trailers and told them to fix it, and they didn't do it. Bunches of punk asses. Ugh. Fuck you, Regal. Oh. And you're not paying attention and not caring about anything ever. No, they okay. don't. Uh, I also, you know, another voice that I really liked, um, and I couldn't place it, uh, during the movie, but I, I like after watching the credits at the end, it, it became a, like an, uh, of course it was moment was, uh, Peter Stormare as uh, corporal, the, the, uh, polar bear. Yeah. I didn't know I, that till the end. And I was like, say what now? Yeah. I mean, it made sense, right? Like, like, oh, like yeah. going back and thinking about how that character sounded. Oh yeah. That is Peter Stormare. But until then I had no clue. Yeah. No clue whatsoever. Whereas the the uh, seal, the demolitions expert, uh, played by Ken Jeong, like I immediately knew that was Ken. You Jeong. can't not think that's him. I yeah. gotta say though, I I give a lot of props because he sounds uh, a lot like he does in a lot of other things. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was great. Oh yeah, I thought well, that here, he it sounds less board, like him. I felt like I felt like the voice acting was top notch. Oh yeah, um, just everybody knew what they were doing. It was, it was really well done. Um, and, and I, I don't know how much you want to like invest in that, but you know, yeah. uh, here's a movie, right. That all of the big voices are not the main characters. That's uh, what is right. unusual, but it's because they have the same voice actors, right? Tom McGrath, Chris Miller, Christopher Knight and uh, Conrad Vernon have all played the penguins through the three movies and the entirety of the TV series. So, so that is like, they are those characters, right? But they're not the top build stars of anything, um, other than being the penguins. Other than, other than this, of which, which yeah. is lovely that they are the top build stars. Cause yeah, they exactly. easily could have gone to Cumberbatch and Malkovich and everybody else. Yeah. Like but redone didn't. the voices, right? But, exactly. Uh, I, I think that was a smart move on DreamWorks part as well, because, uh, you know, kids do have, 
um, attachments to these characters and they have attachments to how they sound and the inflections and intonations of their voices. And I think that if you were to, uh, pull a fast one, right? I mean, I, I remember even as a kid, I knew that uh, something was up when Darren looked different on Bewitched, right? <laughs> uh, and, and I was small when I was watching those reruns. Yeah. And I can only imagine having gone through a TV series based on these characters who were like my favorite characters, right? Because these are the big, uh, big selling characters. Yeah, they're, right? the, they're, they're the showstoppers. Characters out of, out of Madagascar series. Uh, I can only imagine being a kid and having their voices change and being like, what in the hell is this? Uh, this is not the Penguins. Yeah, all you know? of a sudden it's just like, Tony Saragusa? Why would that? <laughs> uh, and I want to be anyway. the kid who knows who Tony Saragusa is. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the structure, and then uh, I guess we can kind of yeah. wrap up and uh, talk about the Stephen Hawking flick. Yeah, uh, I, I like how they go through everything. Um, you know, so so basically, Malkovich plays a uh, plays an octopus who's kind of been put out time after time after time by the cuter penguins, and so nobody enjoys the great octopus anymore. Who was at the time he was like a fun thing. Then the penguins came to town. Oh no, uh, octopi, no no cutie anymore. So send him on his way. He goes to the next zoo, and so eventually he decide he gets kicked out of enough zoos to where he becomes an evil villain as as octopus. Or want to do and decides you know his ultimate plan is to gather up all the penguins in all the zoos that have uh, that have wronged him and uh, shoot them with a big giant gun that uh, basically transforms them into monsters and um, it, it's, it's done in a very entertaining way I mean Malkovich is just he's always the consummate bad guy I love him in, in these roles uh, but yet there's also a kind of there's a weird sweetness to him too despite him being like an evil yeah. terrible character which is which is fun um, I gotta say though, I mean, I, I like the uh, there, there's a chase through Venice and everything that I was talking about that mm -hmm. is done spectacularly well. Um, everything it is like one logical point leads to the other, leads to the other, leads to the other, and it's a fantastic set of dominoes that are laid before you, and you watch them as they go out, and you're just like, I can't believe that they're doing this as well as they're doing it, and which leads to everything in this movie that was written out very well. It's aside from just your regular joke structures to everything. Uh, it is the action beats. It is all, it's from a playbook, but it's from a playbook that is executed so well. You don't mind it possibly being a little formulaic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's right. Um, I, I gotta say, like I said, uh, the third act is where it falls apart for me just a little bit. Uh, it starts to yeah, kind of drag on. It. Uh, so all the penguins are kind of, uh, lobbed out in the, uh, so he, he says, okay, here we go. We're going to, we're going to show you how cute all these, these penguins are. And, uh, so all the penguins are gone. Everybody in the world is like, Oh God, where are all the penguins at? And so he's come out as like, so he disguises himself in a weird fucking weird way, man, as this like crazy scientist guy. Yes. That's so bizarre and strange. He kind of looks like Dwight from The Office. Mm -hmm. And uh and it's like, "Hey, I've got your penguins here everybody. Here's your here's your lovely penguins that you love." And everybody's so excited to see the penguins and they come out and they're all these mutiny monsters and stuff. And so a whole, you know, a bunch of gags play out and whatnot. Yeah, I liked that part actually, right? Uh that was as as all of the penguins came out were doing their really uh messed up stuff and, and being like all zombies and weird monsters. I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is like Gremlins 2, man. There's like one with <laughs> wings and fucking weird ass crab claw. And like, I don't know. I enjoyed that. Uh, right. But it does drag 
there's uh it's just too long the the third act um and and what makes it feel that way is there's not a lot going on right if if uh they had set up the final struggle the battle a little more right if the north wind had actually been a part of it uh if that if their relationship had uh resolved right the relationship between the north wind and the, and the penguins which is uh somewhat antagonistic throughout the movie because uh the penguins end up always doing things uh mostly correctly uh and proving that the north wind doesn't really know what's up as much as they think they do right yeah. um i think if their relationship had resolved before that kind of final battle moment with uh with um uh, whatever his name is, I can't think of it right this second. Um, Octopus guy. O- o- it's Octavius something, uh, because of Bye. course it is. Um, but I feel like if that had happened, it would have been a much stronger finish. Uh, there would have been a little more going on at the end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what do I know? I'm a 30-year-old dude watching fucking kids' movies. That's true. <laughs> the only the only real problem that I have with the movie is is the is the South Park. I've learned something today, and you know, so they they get to the point where uh, you know the little one who's been kind of trying to prove himself the entire time does kind of sacrifice himself for the group and everything, and uh, turns all the uh, penguins cute again, and then mm-hmm. you know he turns to him and it's just and basically the lesson is we you you helped us learn that. It's it's what's on the inside that counts, and I want to go. We just changed all of these motherfuckers out here to be cute again. Mm-hmm. We found the normal people inside of you when we jogged it out of your memory. So it's everything's cool inside you as long as you're not hideously gross. Yes. So you kind of fucked up your own you know, lesson. You're like, here's the lesson: it doesn't matter what you look like, but don't be like that gross. <laughs> It's yeah. all about what's inside. I mean, it was a, it was a nice message, but I think it, you just kind of you kind of shat on it like literally three seconds ago by turning everybody back into you know what's quote normal. Yes, I don't know. No, I I think that's that's a very good observation about it. Honestly, so that that was my that was my only like true gripe with it. It's just like, didn't you just say that? Okay. Well, what then was your uh, like overall take? What do, what do you say about this movie? What's your capsule? I think it, I think it's thoroughly enjoying. I think if you have like a little niece or nephew or something that uh, you know kind of kind of like you know digs animation and stuff like that, it's perfectly fine to watch. Like I said, as an adult, you're not gonna go like, ugh, wasted my time. But if you like, you know, if you like you know physical humor, some sight gags. Uh, just kind of quippy back and forth. If you like people uh, screwing up stuff only to try to get it right as best you can, mm-hmm. um, and, and dialogue and just—I I don't know—it's—it's it's, to me this has a lot. There's so many good elements in it. It's tough not to really recommend it because if if you like you know cool looking action set pieces, it's got that. If you like funny dialogue, it's got that. If you like pretty shiny colors and stuff, it's got that too. Um, and it's got cute penguins that say smart alecky little things, and 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 they're fun. It's yeah. a fun movie. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's like uh, I put it up like by Kung Fu Panda or anything, but it's no, good. I'm with you. Uh, right? Uh, I think this is a is just an enjoyable uh animated movie it's a good spin-off of a very popular series um 
and honestly, uh, it's better than the third Madagascar movie was. Not not, not that that movie was even bad. It's just uh, I feel like the main franchise uh, has run its course. And it was uh, nice to actually see them still have some juice for these characters um, coming out of that franchise, as well as the fact that they'd already had uh, a, a television series, yeah. right? And they still had something to do with these characters. I, I thought that was good, actually, to see. Excellent. Well, there's there's worse ways that you could spend your time. All right. Uh, so so uh, let's dive into our uh, second movie of the week. We're going to change gears Speaking of dramatically. Which. Uh, yeah, uh, so here is the uh, trailer for The Theory of Everything. Come on, get up. Morning, Brian. Stephen, are you aware that you voluntarily embarked upon a PhD in physics? Hello. Hello. Science. Arts. I'm a cosmologist. What's that? I study the marriage of space and time. The perfect couple. One never knows from where the next great leap forward is going to come, or from whom. What if I reverse time to see what happened at the beginning of time itself? Wind back the clock. Wind back the clock? Keep going. I don't know how. Yet. Keep winding! Where's you? It's called motor neuron disease. Life expectancy is two years. I want us to be together for as long as we've got. It'll affect everything. You don't realize what lies ahead. This is going to be a very heavy defeat. But I love him. And he loves me. We're going to fight this illness together. Good luck. Hi. I'm okay. So, this black hole at the beginning of time. Brilliant. Brilliant, Stephen. Well done, Doctor. He has pneumonia. The only way he will survive would be to give him a tracheotomy. He will never speak again. Yes, he will. My name is Stephen Hawking. It's American. Is that a problem? It has been a great joy to watch this man defy every expectation, both scientific and personal. There should be no boundary to human endeavor. However bad life may seem, while there is life, there is hope. Thank you. Sorry, did you say something? I said thank you. That was a trailer for The Theory of Everything, our second new release review of this week. Uh, directed by James Marsh, written by Anthony uh, uh, McCattern, McCattern, I'm sure, uh, based upon the book by uh, Jane Hawking, starring Eddie Redmayne, Felicity Jones, uh, Tom Pryor, uh, Sophie uh, Perry, a uh, whole group of other folks. Anybody else notable that I can think of right off the top of my head? Oh, Emily Watson. Emily Watson showed up, and I was like, what, she's in this film? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so basically the uh, log line here is a, re- a look at the relationship between the famous uh, physicist Stephen Hawking and his wife. And I got to say, um, 
Matt, now when I went into this uh, film, I, I have seen this trailer because I like I, I go to a lot of mm-hmm. uh, 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 movies at the art house. Yep. And uh, they want to play the trailers that are coming up for the films that are going to be there. And uh, I must have seen this trailer about a thousand times, it seems. Uh, maybe not that much, but it certainly seems that way. Um, and uh, I got to say, I, I don't know that I was looking forward to it per se. Um, I thought it looked interesting enough. Um, but I thought, I, I don't know. Do I really want to see... A, a biopic of the life of Stephen Hawking. Do I really? Ca- I mean, you know, I, I I get you know who he is and his place and stature and everything, but do I really care that much? And I gotta say, I am very glad that I got the movie that I got and not the movie that I was expecting. Because what, what were you expecting? I was expecting that. I was expecting the biopic of his life and this just kind of like this study of a man. And it wasn't the study of a man so much; it was a study of a relationship between two people. Yes. And I adored that. I was just like, it was not what I was expecting. And and to find that out and like really, you know, it it struck me about a quarter of the way through the film. It's just like, this isn't his story at all. This is her story. This is the story of the two of them. Now, his is certainly intertwined within this, but this is mostly about, you know, what does it say about a woman who, you know, early, very early on in their relationship, you know, gets told, hey, the man that you're in love with is going to, you know, he's not going to be the person that he is right now. He is going to, he is going to devolve and, uh, you know, he's still going to be smart. He's still going to have all of his capacities about him, but he's not going to be able to move or do things for himself anymore and your life is going to become very very difficult and for her to trudge on i don't say trudge it sounds like a bad word but for her to soldier on that's a better word uh to soldier on and uh and let you know their relationship bloom on for years and years and years past this you know two two year life expectancy i mean she grabs on during those she's like hey uh, you know two years and i could die and she says you know, I'm in. I'm in this. I'm gonna go. And his life, obviously, he's still alive today. Has gone on far beyond the two years uh, that he was expected to even live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of astounding. And I, I loved how this movie played out in the relationships with these people. And we'll talk a little bit about that. What, what were your thoughts? I. <sighs> you hated uh, this. I didn't film. care too much for it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I like the fact that it focused on the relationship, right. And, and that it was as much about this romance, uh, as it was about Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like there was just too much that was standard biopic fodder, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but in this case, I felt like it made the film drag a lot. Uh, I was constantly aware of how long this movie had been going on. And, uh, I felt really distracted from even being able to just enjoy the performances, uh, from, um, Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, which are absolutely tremendous. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they give, uh, transformative performances in this, uh, in this film. Uh, and, they're amazing on screen together. They have great chemistry. I just felt that, that the film uh, did not have enough of a focus on where it was going, uh, either in regard to Hawking himself and his work, which got a fair amount of screen time, right, but mm-hmm. still doesn't get uh, played up as being as, as important as it actually was. 
because it's sidelined by their relationship, which also does not get enough screen time for me to be fully invested in it. Uh, and so I just felt like it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but watching James Marsh's other work, uh, particularly his documentaries, Project Nim and Man on Wire, um, and then his uh, movie a couple years ago that uh, I don't think actually came out here, but I saw it uh, via the old pirate ship, um, uh, Shadow Dancer with... um, Andrea Riseborough and Clive Owen, uh, which was just a really amazingly constructed film uh, about um, an IRA informant in, in uh, Belfast in the 90s. Um, I think compared to those other films, this is uh, just not, I don't know, there's something that doesn't mesh. It doesn't gel for me. Um, I, I like the fact that that Redmayne is given full reign and actually... Uh, he, he does an amazing job, uh, building a character from the inside out, which, uh, I, I, I'm sure, uh, and I know a few reviews have said, uh, but he does, uh, do the actor's work here, right? Where he builds this character, uh, beyond just being the imitation of the man, like so many other biopics, uh, tend to fall into the trap of, right? Mm -hmm. Just the surface level, um, here he he focuses on the character and Redmayne uh, gives a great performance. But for me, that's not enough to save kind of the meandering mess that the film actually is construction wise. Okay, so so my get my I, I my 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 takeaway is is basically um, you kind of wish it was focused on you know I put not a finer point on it either plot A or plot B more so than than the other. Yeah, I think I think the the way that it's structured currently kind of does a disservice to both plots, uh, which could and and are equally fascinating, right? But mm-hmm. I, there's not enough there for me, um, and you know I know that's a minority opinion, but it's it's while I was watching it, all I could think was like, okay, well, I really want to know more about this, or I want to know more about this, but it will not give me enough about them for me to be satisfied either way. That's weird because I, I mean, it, it it felt very satisfying to me, and I, I thought that I thought that was one of the good parts is that it was kind of, and and, and I, I could see how your complaint could go through, but it, it didn't it didn't fall that way with me. It, I felt like I was given enough time between these two things, and I think, I mean, had it given me, and this is I don't know, and and I I feel people think this is kind of a dick thing to say, but I don't care as much about him per se and his pursuits because we kind of we kind of know that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but so I mean, if anything, I I would hope that the relationship one would get a little bit more play. But I thought that got enough that got enough play for me. I loved uh you know, kind of her going uh to to the church and everything to decide uh you know hey I'm gonna try to you know be in this choir and this in this guy that's along and uh, seems like a nice enough fellow his uh wife had died on him on, on him and everything and uh she he kind of basically almost becomes nanny and i, I love this i love the character of this guy whether or not this part was true or not and this may be just revisionist history on, upon her part i don't know but i would love to think that this was the case of this guy was not only you know kind of in a way uh, you know hawking's you know surrogate body if you will uh, you know, being able to help help kind of raise the kids a little bit and uh, do these things, but he seemed like a very genuine friend to Stephen as well. 
Yeah, well, and, they had, they and had a very the good affair, caretaker. right? And they got married. Uh, they've been married, or she, I guess she recently got divorced from him, but uh, they were married for quite some time, uh, starting in the 90s. Um, they had had an affair while she was still married with Stephen, apparently, according, uh, like, with his blessing, had had an affair. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that part's true. And honestly, it was uh, one of the moments where I felt like this movie is doing something very interesting, uh, depicting this type of relationship um, that you don't really see depicted positively very much, but uh, is not necessarily a negative, um, at least in the lives of these characters, these people, as yeah. they really exist, right? Yeah, and and but I I thought that was su- such a nice tune to it, and to be able to play something like that, and and you know, and you knew that he kind of he, he's a, he's a smart guy. I mean, w- clearly, uh, so he's I'm sure he's no fool to the things that were going on and, and everything, even before they were kind of kind of happening. But at the same time, this was a guy who seemed like he genuinely cared about him and you know his well being and everything, and to be kind of the living nanny. And and at the same time, you can't you can't a hundred percent fault her for you know having someone to be there. You know, not only just you know your regular emotionally, but physically as well, and being able to communicate in a way that you know that you know she is most. I don't want. God, it seems so weird to say, but just you know conversing in a, in a normal manner which is difficult to do with someone who's pretty much you know at that point you know goes from barely being able to speak you know mm-hmm. you know fluent sentences to you know a a robot in a, a robot's voice essentially um yeah. so at the same time it's bad because you feel terrible for her because you know she's caught in this situation so you you almost can't blame her in a sense but at the same time you do feel bad for for Steven in this particular case and i just i just thought it really played with that really well and it uh it seemed to me that we got uh you know to to uh, steal a slight phrase a brief history of his life and then you know a history of the relationship between the two of them and i thought uh i mean i i thought their relationship was a fantastic through point for uh, the story of his life that, you know, one wouldn't necessarily think about would be the throughput for the telling of this man's life. Uh, I guess so. I don't, I don't know. It didn't work for me. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't, it didn't work. I, I also, you know, one of the other things that bothered me uh, in that regard was, uh, there was a way that the screenplay constantly boiled down what his actual scientific contributions were to these little bon mots of affirmative positivity toward his relationship and his wife specifically. It got a little too much in that realm of uh, Interstellar's like uh, love monologue kind of thing. And it removes the importance of, of the actual science behind what he's saying with the way that he's saying it in the film. And uh, that, that bothered me a little bit. You mean, you mean like the kind of the, the end, the end bit in front of the Just whole hall? Kind of throughout where he talks, right? He makes these little concessions and, and talks about how, or the way he talks about time in this movie. Uh, and then the way that that's edited 
together with his uh, theorizing about time and uh, calculating mathematical equations about time and writing about black holes and the history of the universe, it's the way that it's constructed in relation to all of the things that he says to his wife about time like make make the science the secondary to that right that he was really doing this stuff or uh the way he was able to think about this stuff was because he had this personal relationship with this person he loved where he was thinking about the world in this way uh in regard to his own timeliness on this earth uh with her that i don't think is necessarily true um considering the fact that uh he had been working on this before he met uh, Jane, right? Right. Um, and I think that conflating the two as being the same is problematic because it undercuts the import the important contributions that this man has actually made to our understanding of the universe, and uh, in a way that. <sighs> Honestly, I feel like people who watch this movie will come away understanding less about what he actually is saying than if they had just not watched the movie and had somebody tell them what he was saying. That's the thing. I, I don't and, and and I completely I completely see that. But at the same time, I totally think not this movie's mission at all. I, I I don't care what the movie's mission is. I think it's just doing a disservice to it. No, uh, perhaps whether, I can I can definitely it, grant you that. Whether or not it's intentional is beside the point to me. Uh, the 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 point is that it boils all of this important scientific contribution down into these little pithy sayings about the importance of life and love and and all this other stuff, right? That is so far removed from any actual concept of what he's saying with his scientific contribution that people will not even understand the science after they've seen this movie and may understand it less because of the conflations that, that are made in the screenplay. I will a hundred percent give you that, but at the same time, I, you know, it, it, that, that it didn't bother me in the way that it bothers you, but I can see how it would if you, if you get what I mean. Well, fair enough. But I, I you know, I look at it like this, like, uh, and I think there should be like a really sense. if there's not I don't know if there is is there is there a good definitive documentary uh, about him and his life I don't I, I don't really know you know that the subject well enough I mean if there is if, if there's that movie to be made I mean I would rather it be a documentary type series and and I think you should delve more into things like that in that particular one but for this and yes I I do think you're absolutely correct is that it does boil that stuff down a little bit but I think for this particular story and the type of audience that you're trying to reach with this particular thing it doesn't uh it, it's it's not the worst thing in the world and let's be honest a lot of people that are going to go see this already consider themselves, and and this is gonna this is gonna smack to some people, and fuck it, I don't care. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to go see this that consider themselves intellectuals, who frankly are not. And you know, I, I don't consider myself one, so I can just throw myself out of that thing. So I think I'm an idiot, and I know I'm an idiot, but. There are a lot of people that think, oh, I fucking love physics, man. I'm going to, it's like, it's like the, you know, like, like the, uh, like the Smith uh, kids who just going, oh, I'm reading books on uh, astro, uh, I'm reading books on physics and, uh, you know, ancient texts that can't be dated. There's fuckers like that out there that will go and see this and think that they're geniuses for having watched that. And you're right. That, that is a disservice to those dipshits like right Smith's there. Kids? Like Will Smith's kids. 
those fuckers will go see this film and they'll think that they know every fucking thing about physics because they watched this two-hour film that's really a story about two people, you know, and their relationship and how, you know, one's debilitating disease is, uh, you know, ravages that relationship. And yes, you are completely correct in that it does dumb down that science, but um, in this particular case for this particular story, in the particular way that it is being shown, it didn't bother me that much. I would like to see the movie that you're talking about, but I would rather see that in a documentary form. Well, you know what I did like about this movie, aside from the performances? I did think uh, one thing that was very interesting, and I wish they'd done a little more with it, was the uh, the way that the, uh, the screenplay writes in his friendship with Kip Thorne, who uh, is a well-known astrophysicist who was the, the advisor for Interstellar, right, who's done all the theorizing about black holes and gravity. Okay. Um, I, I did enjoy the little bit about their, uh, you know, wager and if whoever loses <laughs> has to get the other one, a subscription to penthouse magazine. Right. Uh, and just how that relationship, that, uh, professional camaraderie kept cropping up at different moments in the movie. Right. Uh, later on in the film, when, uh, Hawking's nurse finds the, the penthouse that, uh, he's got for Thorne, uh, in his office and like opens it up and reads it for right like for him yeah uh, basically but but the the idea that all of that is because he has this professional friendship uh, with this other prominent astrophysicist I liked moments like that uh, that gave me a sense of space and place and time uh, that I don't think the the romance necessarily gave me. Uh, I, I think I really do think that I, I got lost in in the romance because I just I don't know. There's not enough emotional investment there for me. Hmm. Um, I didn't find their story particularly compelling outside of a standard like young adult novel uh, kind of thing. Right. Like fault in our starsy kind of bullshit. Um, I didn't see that. So I don't know. I don't know. I just <laughs> I, yeah. That, that'll be my final word on it okay. I, did, I didn't care for it <laughs> and i and i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought that i would so well, good. Uh, yeah i mean see folks we don't agree on so, everything and that's what's gonna make one has to enjoy this movie because uh i did yeah there you go so i mean it's the it's the it's the yin and the yang it's that uh you know all that kind of crap <laughs> you know crap yes. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, everybody. Um, we're 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 done. I mean, like you know, two really very different movies, two very different reviews <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, who knew that we get so deep on a Penguins movie and this movie as well? I don't. I don't think anybody else out there is doing it. So uh, honestly, Matt- I've put much more thought into thinking about the Penguins movie <laughs> than this one. Well, there you go. <laughs> Where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh. Well, uh, check out my Tumblr, subscribe, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com, and I'm on uh, Twitter, at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Follow me there. Excellent, indeed. Uh, And as always, you can follow me on the tweets at Adam Portress and at The Film Find. Listen to my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com, where we talk exclusively about superhero movies. This week, we dropped one of our best episodes of all time. It was funny as shit. We reviewed the the Doctor Strange movie. It was, I swear to you, that was one of the most fun podcasts I've ever done in my entire... I was just crying laughing. It was just so much fun. That Uh, movie is terrible. Oh, it's, it's so bad, but it's... It's it is, fun. It is awful. It is almost unwatchable. 
Yeah, it's, it's so bad, which is rare for a bad movie for me. It's pretty darn close. It's 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 terrible. But yeah, so take a listen to that uh, here at moviepodcast.com. Uh, and so do that. All the links for everything that we do are up on thefilmfind.com. So go and visit us there. Uh, review us on iTunes, if you will. Uh, take two seconds out of your day. It would mean the world to us to do so. And uh, that's it, everybody. What we're doing next week, I don't really know because none of the uh, none of the theaters have really said what the heck they're doing uh, starting Friday. So we don't know what the hell's going on. So we're going to figure something out. But until then. Well, I'm going to try to track down uh, Wild. Which I, think, I know you're chomping at the bit for. I've seen that wild trailer a thousand times, and I'm just like, I want to see it so I get it out of my system. I think it's finally come here next week, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll we'll probably see wild at least, and uh, maybe some other stuff too. But anyway, stay subscribed, stay tuned, and all that good stuff. We'll figure it out then. So uh, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Porters. Take it easy, everybody. help it i like to movie with a i like to movie with a cripple in it i have a i have a, I have a soft spot for these things i can't i i totally get what you're saying though i mean it, it, it makes sense to me but like i'm such a fucking softy dude it just all it takes is like i mean there are like things on tv and movies and stuff where people just start mentioning like friendship and never giving up on each other i'll just start crying like a bitch i do it <laughs> i do it i'm just like oh my god it's the most important thing ever is that we all just get along and fucking love each other it's why don't we just all do that more the world would be a better place if we all just fucking just fucking love each other man and so you know i get really i get i get kevin smith on that bitch i get i get to be a cry little bitch <laughs> it happens i mean like i cry at the end of et every time not because oh no et's dying i cry because et's like loves that little fucking kid knows that he's got to leave and eat, and the Elliot just loves that that little fucking thing. Is the only you know person that's not a person that's actually you know uh, related to him in his entire life, and he knows that he can't stay here and has to leave. And that shit makes me fucking cry. The end of uh, Schindler's List.
I don't cry. I mean, like it's as bad as 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 sad as the movie is overall. That's not the that's not the part that got me the cry. It's not all the death stuff because you, you that's a factual thing that you kind of know that happens and stuff. The part that got me at the end is selflessness between him is like every single they look, hey you've saved so many people and everywhere he looks he only sees more people that he could have saved by giving up more things. That's the shit that got me. Is just like a guy who did so much only wanted to do more. Like that's that's the shit that breaks me up. So like I'm a fucking soft touch, man. I'm a pussy. Well, fair enough. And I hate science, so <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate that shit. I hate that shit, man. That gravity, you seen gravity, man? It's a motherfucker that gravity. 